You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 371 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? What's been going on in your world, in Valerie What's world? What's been going on in my world? Um, oh, goodness me. It's been a bit rainy in Sydney, so uh-huh. I haven't been out and about as much as I want. I'm hoping it'll hold off tomorrow because I'm going to make the big trek into the city and I'm going to the Sydney Opera House oh, wow. to see a show. Yes. Nice. So, what are you seeing? Uh, I am seeing a, um, that's a very good question. It's very hard to describe, <laughs> but it is a guy who I have seen before who's a little bit um, of a comedian, a little bit of a diva, a little bit cabaret. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be fun. Sounds excellent, Val. Hmm. Yes. Well, so it'd be well, nice just to be out and about. We'll probably have to wear masks, but, yeah. um, you know, it'd be good to go see something live again. Oh, amazing in a crowd as well, which is always exciting because you need that energy, don't you? It's like it's not the same when it's just empty or like I would feel sorry for performers who had to do Zoom performances, you know. It's like oh. a photographer <laughs> having to do a photo shoot where they, um, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, engaging with the person and, and not getting anything back, you know. It's just like you, mm. want, that, you want that response and I guess – the same thing goes on the flip side for the if you're photographing someone and you, the photographer, are silent. Oh, that is yeah. the worst thing you can do to your client yeah. is just be silent when you're shooting yes. them because they take that, they're in their head, they're thinking, I'm not doing a very good job. The yeah. photos are awful. They obviously hate me. I look terrible. Mm. But you just need to even just just words of encouragement in sincerity. It's like, that looks amazing. Oh, my God, the light through your hair looks so good. This looks so good. It's going so well. And you just say that, oh, my God, when the light hits your eyes, it really brings out the colour and that jacket just is, you know, you just need to keep pouring it on and uh, mm. you get that you get that, uh, that love back, you know. Suddenly they they lift and they're, they're energetic and, and their energy shifts and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Mm. So what have you been up to, Gina? Well, I have been checking out my new favourite Insta account. Right. Hilarious. It's called Mm -hmm. um, Influencers in the Wild. And if you're like me who just think influencers are stupid, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with apologies okay. to many influencers that are listening. Yes, there might be. They, they don't listen to this show. Okay. This is the best account because it's sort of um, fly on the wall 
of um, influencers doing their thing. And when you see them as a shot, uh, you know, when you see an influencer in a park with a dutiful boyfriend holding the camera and she's in her undies and her sneakers shaking her booty to the camera, it just looks so stupid. And there's like, you know, it's not just limited to girls. They're stupid boy influencers sitting on the roof of their car with their ass cheeks out, you know, just waiting for the, the, the right light to hit them. And, you know, obviously there's great money in um, getting your booty out. And then but, yeah, amazing um, shots where you see influencers, they're setting up a shot close to the close to the water. And my favourite ones are where they get wiped out by the, <laughs> by the tide. So this gives me so much entertainment. Um, so it is uh, influencers in the wild. Have you had a, a, a scroll through? Val? I am Curious. scrolling through the Instagram account at the moment and it's just wacky. It's wacky. <laughs> Wacky is a, a really good name for it. But obviously it's doing well because it has 4.5 million followers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, oh, my yeah. God. So it's like when you spot an influencer in the wild, um, get a shot behind the scenes and you never know it might make it onto this page. But, yeah, it's funny the lengths that people will go to uh, to look good on the gram. Yes, yes. And what's been happening with the gold community this week, Gina? Oh, big week with the gold community. So obviously um, with like one of the things that I love to do is when they um, come to me with a, a new shoot that they might be thinking about and then we workshop that, we workshop the lighting. And so, you know, one of the big things um, we've been talking about this, this week is the different kinds of um, light modifiers. So, you know, you don't need a million different kinds. And so, you know, I'm very specific in, in terms of the size of light modifier you need for headshots, the size you need for groups, and then buying to sort of future-proof your photography. So what I've been doing is like there is a number of um, goldies that have been there with us from the start, Val, mm, and then yep, they're, yep, and, yep. and they're sort of growing all as a group together and their photography is also growing. So they're, they're kind of growing out of that one and two light setup and they're now, you know, finding clients that are a little bit more demanding. So we're adding to their lighting setup and we're adding more lights. So more lights equals higher production value and then we're also looking at the best modifiers to up that production value. So there's a lot of that sort of coaching going on that I absolutely love. So they're all killing it in there. Absolutely love my goalies. Brilliant. And of course, if you would like uh, to find out a little bit more about the gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. One of the great things about being part of the community is exactly that, the community. The feedback and support you get from fellow members of the gold community at ginamilitia.com is invaluable. I asked Natalie Ord about this. What has your experience been with the Gold Community and uh, what advice would you have for any of the uh, listeners who might be thinking about joining? Uh, Well, it's been great having all of your uh, tutorials to access. But again, um, some of the work for me, I've got to keep it somewhat confidential. And because it's a closed community, I can put it up there and get feedback for people. So I love that. Yep. 
So that is really helpful because often when you're staring at things for a while, you, you can't see things. You're just having that different perspective. But the, the range of skills that people are in the gold community is fantastic. So, and you learn from everyone regardless of their skill level. Thanks to you and Val and the rest of the community for just being so generous with your time and your knowledge. It really, really is amazing. It's like no other place. So thank you so much. It's uh, a credit to you guys and my work and my uh, growth is attributed to participating in the community. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to ginamilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, so let's move on now to our actual topic this week, five reasons your images might look old-fashioned or dated and how to fix them. Now, I love this topic because I actually do, you know, flip through magazines or or scroll through social media or just, you know, even things like billboards and stuff like that. And I just think, oh, is that really of the moment? Isn't that something that would have looked hot in the 90s? And it would have looked hot. Um, uh, Or isn't that just a little bit dated, even just a few years old? And, And I try to put my finger on what it is and sometimes I can pick it, you know, it's because of the colours or the the styling or the whatever. Um, and other times it's like, yeah, it, it's just a subtle thing, isn't it? But yeah. it's that subtle, very subtle thing that makes something look just that little bit dated. It's not so much that it looks old-fashioned as in the olden days. Yes. But it's just that it looks dated. Dated, I think, is the best. Yes description right so yeah 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 yeah. yeah, very interesting topic well Um, we do yeah because we get comfortable in a certain style and we also like we do get comfortable in um a style of dress so you know you might have had the same Mm. hairstyle for the last 30 years because it's like it just reminds you of your youth um (laughs) and uh or or people (laughs) just wear the same clothes or you know um but but you see that like trends come and go like Gen Z um, have brought back, uh, you know, fashion items from the nineties and wearing them ironically, like the mum jeans. And if you're a 22 year old, they look fantastic, but put the Mm. mum jeans on a mum and you look like (laughs) a mum and it's just like, they're they're not, they're just not cool. So, you know, Mm. there are times when you know, the the newest and grooviest fashion may also be just sort of something that's used ironically. And I think that there are photographers on Instagram that are also borrowing backgrounds from the past and doing that approach. And then there's other photographers that are taking those backgrounds and using them seriously. So what I want to do is break all this down and, and, you know, talk about ways that we can upgrade our shooting style. And there's just little tweaks that you need to make that you constantly mm. needed to be updating the way that you choose your backgrounds, your posing, your angle mm. of view, your lighting and your editing. So, you know, you might have that, uh, what's the daggiest item in your closet? At, do you want to define dag? <laughs> Daggy? Daggy is an Australian term for uncool, I guess. There's a yes. literal translation we don't need to go into, but just no. like in Australia, you can be a dag. It can mm. be a term of endearment. Oh, you dag. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it like the literal translation translation is <laughs> translation translation yes. is that you someone something that is really uncool daggy yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I might throw that word around a, a fair bit today. So just so you okay. know, that's what it means. Daggy. All right. Daggy. All right? Yes. So what's the daggiest item of clothing oh, in your wow. wardrobe? That's Did you a throw really out the good Kylie question. hot pants? They, they they left some time oh, ago. Left. Oh dear! Yeah. Because the decluttering lady made. Yes, me. that's right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, gee, that's a really good. I've got a few daggy things, probably because you know my mother or grandmother gave them to me. Yeah, you just want to hang um, on to them, <laughs> but you would never really wear them. Um, and. Uh, I think I've got a few daggy things that I've bought when, you know, those things that you buy when you, you're just somewhere yeah. and you haven't bought a jacket. Yeah. Like I was in Toronto. I was in the most freezing cold air conditioning ever known to man. And I hadn't got a jacket. I had to just go out and buy one. Yeah. And it's probably not the most stylish thing imaginable. Same thing happened to me when I went to Alcatraz. So I now have a very um, attractive Alcatraz hoodie. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, but they're um, memories. That's different. They're, they're not kind yeah, of daggy. They're not really fashion choices. But it's like no. you're not like I had a friend, um, let's call her Jill Smith okay. <laughs> when I was in um, primary school and she would wear, no, high school, early years of high school, first couple uh-huh. of years of high school, and her and her sister always wore blue mascara and blue um, eyeshadow and blue oh, yeah? eyeliner yeah. and the Farrah Fawcett flick, flick, flick hair. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time it was uber cool and now every time I, 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 just bought, it, I just bought that wig. I just bought the Farrah Fawcett flick, flick wig. And what are you going to do with it? <laughs> well, I'm going is to that, Studio 54 party. So. <laughs> is that some of the stuff that you get up to with the mask? Uh, it's stuff. arrived, actually. It's arrived and I haven't opened it yet. How cool. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Are you going to go as, um, so Farrah Fawcett for anyone who's, um, you know, born this century. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google and, her doesn't understand that reference there's a really famous iconic image of um farrah fawcett who was just like a sex symbol in the 70s and 80s um there's a really iconic shot of her on a skateboard and she's got tube socks on that are rainbow colored hot hot pants is that the outfit you're going to wear or you're going to go more charlie's angels vibe uh even though it's a farrah fawcett wig the outfit is more Diana Ross, I'm going to say, like it's gold lame jumpsuit. Yeah. You know, yeah. That sounds cool. I'm a mm. bit jealous. <laughs> I want a Farrah Fawcett wig, Val. Maybe I should get one. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there, there are little tweaks we can do. So let's break it down. So first of all, um, background choice. Now, if you're a Goldie, you will know that um, I have steered all the gold members away from shooting in um, parks and against green because I think it's been done to death. I also think it's dated. So the um, the background choices that I think are dated are the the and it's been someone decided that this was a great idea a few years ago and it's now been done to death. Is those autumn tones sunset in the background, very warm, very oversaturated, um, thrown out of focus, throw some autumn leaves over the top, and it's just been done to death. And so it seems like every 
man and his dog and their cat wants to do have decided that this is the background for them and it's like as photographers it's our job to um, educate our clients and just say no 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 there's better locations that you do you you don't have to just stick with you know the park or greenery as a as a background choice I personally think mm-hmm. this is super 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 dated and the, if you the greenery to, yes uh-huh, yeah, and the yeah. greenery and the bokeh, it's just been done to oh, death yeah. and the country lane and all of that. Right, yes. Over. Stop so what's, it. what's cool then? What, what's, 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 what's cool is what's urban backgrounds, urban backgrounds. So look right. for, you know, in your city there are alleyways, there are, you know, stairwells. There is a great um, shoot that um, Rebecca Martin just posted today in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group where she did a senior portrait and I've been on her, I've been writing her all year about please find different backgrounds and she absolutely nailed it in this Mm. shoot. So she's using really cool um, stairwells. It looks like it was all shot in New York. It's got the vibe of, um, you know, a New York fashion spread and it's absolutely on point. And this shoot will never, ever, ever date. And that's the advantage of doing these urban backgrounds. They don't date. They just always look cool, whereas these these trees and you know it's good every now and then but you're never going to see that sort of shooting GQ you're never going to see that that sort of shoot in Vogue so before you line up your background ask yourself that question will I see this in Vogue will I see Mm. this in GQ and if you want to elevate your shot to high art rather than just being a generic Instagram photographer, then these are the things you want to think about. Are, are there any backgrounds that you find cliche, Val? Oh, I guess graffiti now is yeah. probably a little bit, you know, it was really cool at, for a period. Um, I think that uh, certain hipster things, which were really hot in three years ago, yep. uh, are starting to become less hot yeah <laughs> um yeah so those sorts of things I would say yeah and obviously any any setup pose uh, well that's not a background is it like stock shot kind of yes um yeah, stuff. yeah. but we'll go into that in the poses yeah, yeah, yeah. next but, okay. but so the one that stands out for me that I just every time I see it I go it's awful sell that background and, and don't ever use it again burn it or paint over it is the <laughs> dappled grey background. It's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. hideous. And if you want your images to look like they, they come from the 1980s and you're doing it ironically because you're a Gen Zer, go for your life, whack on your mum jeans, pull them up right up to your neck because <laughs> you're 22, it doesn't matter what you wear, you look amazing and that's fantastic. And mm. then you can stand in front of the background and and you know what, it works for them. It doesn't work for us. And so yeah. when we do it as a family portrait, that dappled grey background, it's daggycity.com, daggycity.com. It's awful. Get rid of it. Like something like a light grey background, a block colour is far more um, high-end looking uh, and mm. expensive. As soon as you put that dappled grey background in the background, you've, you've, you've lowered your work to um, portrait photographer um, suburban portrait photographer in the 1980s. I yeah. charge $5 a file 
and yeah. I'm never going to charge any more than that. And um, I'm just scraping through and I also sell my um, infused um, lemon butter on Etsy. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've given her a whole background. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, so um, says me who's been making infused oils at the moment. So mm-hmm. I made oregano oil, mm-hmm. and okay. I've made lemongrass oil. I'm writing to oh. it, Val. Wow, all right. Got an infuser and everything, but I digress. Wow. Okay. All right, so you touched on poses, Valerie. Yeah. yeah. Are there some poses that you find um, dated now? When it's contrived, and I think about it every week actually because you know that I love the show Succession and the opening credits are great and the opening opening credits intersperse present-day imagery of the family in Succession. It's it's about a family in New York. Family business. With kind of like... um, uh, old home movies um, from when they were younger, and I cringe every. T- even though I I love every single thing about that show, there's one particular scene in the opening credits that I cringe at because the pose is so cliched, and it's the only thing in the entire opening sequence that I find fake. What is it? For, uh, otherwise, is a fantastic it? show. It's actually a scene where um, he's sitting, it's meant to be the father, sitting at the table and he's kind of using his hands, doing a no way kind of yeah, right. uh, gesture and it just looks really fake. So yep. when it comes to poses, um, if you, it, there's a fine line between looking natural and looking slobby, but also yep. on the other end, looking natural, but actually being so posing so that yep. it looks not natural and it looks fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Like we've come to a point now um, that uh, I no longer think you should be posing any of your photos. Um, and when I say that, I think you should be, giving everyone a starting point and helping people out. But those posy, posy, matchy, matchy shots are really dated. So, you know, Mm. someone with their hands in their head, which is like was all the rage in the, Mm. you know, and it has been for a long, long time. But now it's got to look like you want your images to look more lifestyle, more honest, more authentic. Now, it's that's difficult to pull off, but there are ways that you can do it. And it's like, you know, it is giving everyone a starting point because obviously if you're lighting shots, you can't just be random with what you do. You want to be, mm. you know, you want everyone to hit your, hit their marks. And it's like, it's like with um, cinematography when they're filming, you know, you see people walking and talking, they stop, they have a conversation and then they move on these are all blocked, you know, every single scene is blocked out so that they know that on the floor there's all this um, tape that marks where each different person has to stand. And it's the same in photography and you can do that same thing. It's like you can you can have your um, client walking towards you and then you can know that it's like you're going to take five steps forward and that's when I'm going to take the shot. On the fifth step you're going to turn to your left and laugh. And mm. you've got to have the capacity to be able to direct them to to bring out the naturalness, and you can. So it's a, it's like a collaboration between you 
and your model where you're bringing out the best, but it's like that stilted, posy, posy stuff that, that used to happen. That's all over and that's the fastest way that you can date your images. And I still see so many really stiff and awkward and uncomfortable looking poses. I still mm. see hand on ghoulies. I see that all the time. It's just so common. Yes. Manberries. Um, <laughs> any other words for them? Agates. <laughs> Tackle. <laughs> the, um, tools. Um, yes. Toolbox. Um, all the of jewels. that sort of stuff. The family jewels. Yeah. Looks really dated. So you got to think about. Um, and just on that, um, if you are still a photographer that is taking shots to objectify any person, that mm-hmm. is so dated, so dated. It is mm-hmm. the 21st century. So mm-hmm. if you are the kind of photographer that actively directs your model without them being involved in that, like they've come to you for photos and your go-to is, okay, I want you to lean down so your head is on the ground and your ass is up and you're, you know, and that is your idea, then you're not actually a photographer. That that to me is not photography. And what happens if the person would like that kind of shot? Then go for it, sister. Okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. brother, do whatever you like. That that is that is for them. And there is this whole genre of photography on Instagram. Look, I, I don't even I don't call it photography. It's not, it's there's a there there is a really fine line between taking high-end sexy images that celebrate yeah. the person, celebrate yeah. and elevate. And that's yeah. what we're all about. That's what I'm all about in my images when I photograph men or women. I want to celebrate and elevate them. I want them to look cool. They're mm-hmm. in charge and they're always the hero of the shot. The kind of images that I'm talking about are the ones that are a bit demeaning to that person and it's like lowering where the person who's taking the photo is the person in power. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. So in this century, that's sort of uncool and I think we've got a responsibility as photographers to no longer do that. And if you're the kind of photographer that's posting those images in the Facebook group and you're wondering where they're going, they're getting taken down because I just, I don't want to see them. I don't, I don't actually rate them as photography. And if you think that that's um, a poor idea, there are plenty of Facebook groups that celebrate that kind of photography. So, you know, each to their own, I say. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, be so cranky what's today, next? Val. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's next? Um, angle of view, Val. This is a dead giveaway oh, to images. So view. the angle of view that you shoot from. So, so for portraits, the minute you start raising the camera and shooting down mm-hmm. onto someone, that dates the image as far as I'm concerned. I think oh, it diminishes yeah. the person. And yeah. um. It was really big. It in was eighties, nineties. Yeah, you know, we shot from above. Definitely. We shot down, Heaps. and it was a real style. And and then people have yes. just forgotten, especially to on stairs. Doing. Yeah, mm, I did it a always. lot, and, and then you know, one day I decided it is so much harder to shoot from a lower angle because you're mm. always kneeling, you're or squatting, or crouching. It's harder on your back. 
you have to work so much harder to get the shot. But I think it's worth it because, again, to me, a great shot elevates the person that you're photographing and makes them the hero of the shot. So I always want my person, whether it's a child or a pet or a person, a fully grown adult, to be the hero of the shot. So I always shoot from a very low angle. So I'm, I'm like I'm shooting from three feet from the ground. Mm-hmm. So like I'm kneeling or sitting flat on the on the floor and I've got my camera very, very low or I'm lying on my tummy and shooting like that. And that's mm-hmm. my preferred angle of view. And I think you get a much better shot when you shoot down on people. And people say, well, what about if someone's heavy set? You know, shouldn't we be shooting from slightly above? But there are things you can do with the way that you pose your model that you can get rid of, um, you know, heavier looking jaw lines like you know that leaning forward and chin down so if you can get someone to lean up and over something then you're going to get that get rid of that heavy jawline and and um, I've covered this a lot but you know just simply by finding um, a bench or the back mm. of a chair that you can get someone to stretch lean with their arms cross their arms in front of them put that put that in over the chair and that forces them to lean up and over that chair. You'll get rid of that heavy jawline. It squares everything up, and then they look much better. Um, chin forward, head down is the the mantra that I constantly repeat, and you get a good shot. But you know, I think shooting from above really dates your images. Yeah, absolutely, I agree about that particular pose. Yep. All right. What so, else? Lighting fell. Yes, the next lighting. one. So yes. lighting is um, kind of subtle, but it can be a giveaway that you're sort of still um, stuck a few years back. And I think that lighting is something that you want to con- continually, because what happens is you find the lighting style that finally works and everything clicks into place and you can do it in your sleep. And then you realize that you've been doing it for ages and you look at your images and you don't understand why they look dated. It's the lighting. Right. Lighting can really date your images because there's just no, no longer one lighting style. So if you're still doing the 45 degree either side, two lights either side, butterfly lighting kind, uh, sort of uh, 45 degree either side on a light stand is your lighting go-to of choice. Yeah. Dated. Yeah, right. It's dated. So there okay. is a better way. So um, I'm thinking and it's because – what happens is as, as technology gets better, as um, modifiers change and improve, there are better ways to light. So, you know, we used to in the 70s when, you know, flash sort of first 60s and 60s and 70s when flash first came onto the scene, the lighting of choice was umbrellas, right? Yeah, That's how we yeah. lit everything with umbrellas. Yeah, yeah. Shoot through umbrellas was the lighting of choice. So everything was very, very flat. And, yeah. um, you know, it was hard to get the, the fall off and, and decent shadows and, you know, you'd, you'd get big nose shadows in the shot. But then we developed uh, soft boxes and now we've developed octoboxes and now we've got booms and we can mount lights from above. And so I think if you're not using sort of a, a butterfly or a loop lighting style, which is far more natural looking, then um, your images are, are dated. They're looking dated. So have a look at the lighting style that you're using and yeah. think about ways that you can improve on that and um, bring it up into the sort of make it look more modern and jazzy. 
cool. Yes. Yeah, lighting can cool can... modern term. <laughs> <laughs> yes, lighting can make such a huge difference, and I think that it's you know important that when you are taking inspiration, um, that you're either looking at classics that have stood the test of time or you're looking at reference material that is more of the moment. Yeah, so in terms of classics, go back to the Renaissance and have a look at the lighting style because they really Mm. focused on lighting and you can see beautiful Rembrandt lighting and um, like lots of uh, chiaroscuro, so light and dark in Mm. those images and you'll get a lot of inspiration there. And if you want to get some inspiration for your lighting for today, just reverse engineer lighting. So get images that like from the latest GQ, from the latest Vogue. Also, you know, we talked about succession. TV promo shots are a great source of inspiration because they have actually have decent budgets. So you might find that what they might do for one shoot is do 20 different images of the cast. Mm. You get all these great ideas. So there's lots of different things that you can do with that. And you can just zoom right in. Mm-hmm. look into the eyes and you can actually see reflected in the eyes the actual lights that they use so you might yep, see yep. that they used a soft box or a an octobox or all the different lights mm. and then you can try and reverse engineer and see if you can recreate that shot and that's something that you can maybe get together with a few friends or even on your own in the privacy of your lounge room on a Saturday night, woohoo! Um, and try and recreate those images, and it's a great way to learn and improve your lighting. It's like I think I I don't know if I was dreaming this or whether I made this up, but I remember when I when I was watching Westworld, you know, the television series that was on recently, like a couple yep. of years ago which for those of you who don't know is set in kind of like a futuristic world where it's a theme park and there are humans that go there and there are effectively robots who look human. Yeah, right. um, But who, you know, behave like members of Westworld. Yeah. Anyway, the, I I did notice that because you had to make a, because they, the robots look like humans that you had to make a distinction between the robots and the humans. Right. Um. And I don't know if I'm dreaming this, but I I often felt that with the robots, they purposely lit them so that they were facing the the studio lights or whatever the lights are, whether they were whether it was an octobox or whether it was a yeah. whatever, and so that you can always see the reflection of the studio lights in their eyes oh, because it kind of gave this this kind of cold kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, slightly not real look, whereas the humans, they didn't seem to always make sure that that occurred. Now, right. I, could have, I could be making that all up, but that seemed to be what my observation were, was. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, interesting that you notice. And it's a, it's actually a game that I play a lot with the Goldies where I'll just drop a photo in there and I'll go, all right, how was it lit? And I'll give them a couple of days to everyone pipes in with their, you know, reasons yeah. why it was lit in this certain way. And I think I might start playing the game with the um, – so you want to be a, fa- a photographer Facebook group as well, you know? Um, yeah, great. And uh, I'll just find some really obscure images that they might not have seen before and hopefully we can break down. And it's a really good way to um, learn lighting. I might even use my own images so that there's no way that people would have seen mm. them before. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's a great way to 
really get an understanding of how things were lit. But it's like lighting is a really big one that gives away um, and can make your images look dated. Yeah. All right. All so right, cool. Finally, editing. Yes. Okay. Now this is a big yes. one because it can be really trendy. So there's trendy editing styles. So I think the editing style of 2021 and 2020 was that um, – uh, low contrast look, which I absolutely hate. I loathe it. It's on Instagram. It looks wrong to me and it's going to date so poorly yeah. that anyone who's got those images in their folio now are going to really regret having them because you're either going to have to take them down and re-edit them, which is fine, or but you've got clients that you've given those images too. So I'm a really big fan of finding a classic editing style that suits you but to not just jumping on fashion because it's, again, Blue eyeshadow is not for everyone. Mm. Not nor are shoulder pads or mum mm. jeans. So just because <laughs> everyone on Instagram is using it doesn't mean that you need to jump on that style as well. You know, there was a while there where it was, you know, everything was super crunchy and super grungy. And then it went the other way where it was super pastel and super grainy. And all of these are great in the moment and it's like, you know, the, the the quickest way to show someone that you're an amateur is to send them an edit with 20 different editing styles in it. So you mm. might have a wedding and it's like 25% of the images are done in a, a matte style, 25 are done in a, you know, black and white grainy, 25%, of, you know, it's yeah, all over the yeah, place yeah. and it just looks like a hot mess. What's your take on that, Val? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, sometimes we can fall in love with the particular filter or a particular, um, you know, preset or, or, or whatever that, um, you know, may suit certain things. But if it becomes your go-to all the time and it's the same as the one that everyone else is using, <laughs> then that is going to date at some point, right? Yeah, and then your images just look the same as everyone else's and, yeah, they will date. And it's like, you know, I just put this out there, HDR. Like, you know, you look at those mm. images now and you just yeah. cringe because it's awful, you know, sure. or the, and then there was a there was a time when people were doing um, oversaturated colors, and, and you know, yeah. again, we look at it now, and it's like cross processing. Cross processing was um, that the was thing. a Sydney thing because they couldn't process because <laughs> they couldn't shoot um, E six. So sorry to slag <laughs> off uh, Sydney photographers. <laughs> gotten a lot better but there was a time when um there's a big rivalry between sydney and melbourne and in melbourne we were very um technical about how we shot and we would shoot um uh what, what was the e e6 film um which was um transparency and you to, to when you shoot transparency you have to get it spot on there's no latitude there's yeah. no half stop over or half stop under you have to know what you're doing and in melbourne we did sydney not so much <laughs> so what they decided Ina is joking what they decided <laughs> was let's do c41 because we've got two stops either way mm. and we'll never get it right but uh it's not the case anymore and i'm just having a just but having there's also that look maybe about 10 years ago, which is so dated now where every shot, all the fashion pages, was it was shot like it was in a nightclub and that, that you were under like a spotlight and everyone oh, yeah, had a shiny forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, 
a yeah, shiny skin and yeah so it was yeah and very harsh um that's really dated now too yeah so maybe um pull up your folio images and have a really good look what backgrounds are you using what are you mm. still posing your images do they look stiff and awkward um what angle of you are you shooting at how are you lighting your images how can that be improved how can you take that to the next level and are you still editing using blue eyeshadow and shoulder pads? <laughs> Have a think about and that. And that yeah, and wearing your mum jeans <laughs> around your neck, you know. Mm. So have a think about that and there are ways that you can bring your images into this, uh, you know, century and make them look um, cool and hip but also um, classic as well. They're not going to date. In five years, you can still post them, and I think that's a really good sign that the image still holds up years and years and years later. Brilliant. All right. So are they your tips for um, making sure that your images don't look dated and how to fix them? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, Really, really good um, tips there. So uh, what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? Oh, there's so much going on. So I've got... um, the possums. So let me give you an update of the possums. <laughs> oh, my so God, the possums. There's a truce that has been held because okay. so what's happening is um, during spring I like to, on my deck, fill all the, like a lot of the, I've got all these um, pots that I like to fill up with colour fluff. So just, you know, okay. flowers that just like just they're, they're um, is it perennial or annual? Which are the ones that just can't, that you just put in and then they die? All the all the gardeners are just going. Oh my god! I can't believe she oh, doesn't no. know this. Thank yeah. You. So Valerie's got no idea either. If this is a <laughs> photography podcast. What would we know? Um, anyway, the flowers that you put in and they just look pretty for a little while and then they die off. I like uh-huh. to plant them on mass and have them around the, the. But the ones that I've got that I really like, the possums eat them. Oh. Because they're edible, right? Okay. And. Yeah. It's annoying. So what I've done is I've told them, I've said, look, guys, I built you houses, which are nice houses. They're like t- little Taj Mahals that I built because I, I, did, I did evict them from my roof, which I thought was fair enough, yeah. right, because there was like right. 100 of them living in my roof. So instead of just evicting them out onto the street, I built them beautiful little possum boxes so that they're safe and, um, the, you know, there's no predators that could get them. And yeah. now the truce to stop them from eating my flowers is I've got to get out there before um, the sun goes down and feed them. And it has to be good variety. Oh, yeah. oh my so, God. You, they yeah. Got, you wrapped around their little They finger. sure have. But uh, so, and, and I go out there and they're all lined up on the fence with their utensils in their hand going, finally, we're about to start on the flowers, you know. They've already shown me, the, like, what can happen. There's one pot that they actually tore all the heads off just as a warning. It's like they're the mafia that I'm dealing with. It's like, okay, so we took these ones. We're not going to touch the others. Just keep the food coming. So they get watermelon. They get porridge. They get There's oh some nights when I've got, I've got no leftovers to give them, so I have to specially make them food. It's nuts, Valerie, just to That's save my ridiculous. flowers. Yes. That's just crazy. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I'm looking, and, and then I kind of feel like, are they telling their friends? 
<laughs> how many of them? Because sometimes you see the mother got the little baby on there, but they're pretty cute. Uh-huh. They're pretty cute, but they didn't wreak a lot of havoc in my roof uh, over a couple of times. So, yeah, that's what I'm about to go out and do now. And it's sort of like, you know, I've just got to be careful with the timeline because if I leave it, I'll lose all my flowers. Okay. What's going on with you? You're going to see your show, right? So you're off into the city tomorrow. Yes, I am off into the city tomorrow. So that should be fun. Outstanding. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we will have yeah. a full report next week, Val. All right, brilliant. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level and learn how to get rid of the shoulder pads, get rid <laughs> of the blue eyeshadow and eyeliner, then come and join me in the gold community. I'd love the opportunity to work for you, with you. And, mm-hmm. um, and I do work for you. I work for work very hard for my uh, students in there. So just yes. head to ginamilitia.com and click on membership. Membership. What about you, Val? Fantastic. Uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.